Hello, friends, and welcome to a presidential edition of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Well, what a ride it was. All day long, I was on pins and needles waiting to see what would happen. Uh, and it turns out the big news of the day for Blue Jays fans uh, actually had nothing to do with the <laughs> inauguration, which is great. Uh, George Springer has 150 million reasons to be happy today, while 150 million Americans have just one reason to be happy today, and that is the deposing of their foolish president. But I digress. Justin, it's a beautiful day today. Doesn't the sun seem a little bit uh, brighter out in sunny Saskatoon today? Well, yeah, it, it terribly wasn't terribly sunny here, but it's very, <laughs> very windy. We had like 90 kilometer wind gusts all day. So the winds of change are blowing here in Saskatoon. I love it. It's bad flips and maple dips. We're back after another semi-brief so hiatus. <laughs> God, it's so frustrating when there's no news. But we no have news. news, Patrick. I know. I'm so excited. There's so many good things happening today. But before we get to that, we are on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can find us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, slash YouTube Play, slash whatever the hell it's called now. Tune in, <laughs> Stitcher, not on Nextopia. We might be next week. Who knows? Uh, shout out to our fans in Belarus today um, and also Latvia. I just like Eastern Europe. Um, <laughs> Justin. Well, let's just get right into it. You're yeah. right, you're driving this bus today, buddy. Just take us right into it. Yeah, so not to waste any time for people who like to listen to us for five minutes and then move on to their favorite podcast. Uh, <laughs> as Patrick <laughs> led off the show saying, George Springer, six years, $150 million, the largest contract in franchise history, both free agent or otherwise. Of course, he unseats uh, the famous Vernon Wells deal, which was a great bargain as we all know um wow but <laughs> second largest free agent contract is still a uh, hunjin ryu from last year so this is a 70 million dollar pay increase over that even so the 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 jays shed the myth or the mentality that they don't spend money on free agents by doing this uh earlier in the week they had been rumored to only have 115 million dollars on the table but they obviously ponied up they wanted this guy um, they had been watching players sign with other teams for so long, it seems like months, but really it's been like three weeks since the flurry started, uh, that they just decided to get their man. And our boy, uh, Brendan Kuhn, underscore B-K-U-H underscore on Twitter, was the guy who broke it, and he did so while getting a haircut. So nice job, BK. <laughs> um, he was, he's, a, he's a writer for somebody, I can't remember who he writes for, but... Uh, he has a lot of Blue Jays sources. I think he is actually the guy who had broke the Bautista signing a few years ago when they had re-upped Jose. So he's not a, not a first-time uh, breaker. But looking at Springer, we all know about the whole Houston thing. We'll address that in a moment. Um, but this guy's just a great ball player. He's among the league leaders over the past handful of seasons in terms of wins above replacement. He has averaged more than 25 home runs a season in full seasons for his career. Um, and I really think that this guy, of course, we need pitching, but he's kind of like the the missing piece in the starting lineup. 
because now that we have him, we can really turn tensions to to the rest of the of the of the field, whether it be third base or the pitching staff. What were your initial reactions, Patrick, when you when you saw the rumors start to fly on Twitter last night? Man, I was getting excited because <laughs> I I understand there is a bit of a, a caveat with signing uh, a former Houston Astro, mm-hmm. uh, but George Springer was the best player available during the off season, and 100%. the Toronto the Toronto Blue Jays signed the best player available. Um, (laughs) There's really no other way to say it. Uh, No matter what way you slice it, this is what you get with George Springer. Uh, He's a career 270 hitter. His batting average, or his OBP career, 361. Uh, I absolutely love it when players get on base. I don't care how they do it. He does it with... Uh, with hard, firm line drives, whether they go over the fence or not, or uh, he's got a pretty strong eye. His career walk rate is 11%, which is probably better than any other Jay we have on the team right now, except for Kavan Biggio, and even then, I don't think he has 162 career games just yet. Um, This guy, he's an offensive juggernaut. Uh, Defensively, he leaves a tiny bit to be desired, uh, but he has the tools to be a four to six win or four to six war player uh, any given year. This is the shot in the arm that, oh, that's a bad metaphor now in uh, in 2021. Uh, <laughs> I won't say he's a shot in the arm. That's not what we need. That's not what we want. Uh, he is a, a huge boost uh, to the outfield, and it creates this lovely little logjam that gives us the opportunity to upgrade uh, in other areas with some trade chips. It's always great when your team is able to sign somebody without having to trade away players. I know we've forfeited a pick and 500K in international signings. Mm-hmm. That's probably why Atkins and Shapiro went cuckoo bananas uh, there in uh, in mid-January when they signed all those other international uh, players because yeah. they probably anticipated they were going to lose some funds in the next year. So they got all the guys they wanted, and they got George Springer. Uh, how do you feel about this, man? Honestly, I'm I'm pretty excited. Um, everyone knows how much I love advanced statistics, and Springer is among the league leaders in a lot of categories, like uh, expected weighted on base average, barrel percentages, walks. Yeah. His sprint speed is very good. He's an above, like you mentioned, he's an, he's above average defender for now. He's 31, so that's probably going to deteriorate. But I mean, we've seen guys like Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, keep up their defense later in their careers. Tory Hunter is always a great defender. So, I mean, it's not impossible to be a good defender when you're later on in your career, but we'll see how many years he has left in center field. For me, it's exciting because now we have really four of what I would call above average outfielders with, with Randall Gritchick being our worst option now, which says something about the quality of this team. The The, the outfield of Teoscar, Guriel, and Gritchick led the American League in, in war last season. And there's no reason that this new outfield of Springer, Teoscar, Guriel, Grichuk shouldn't do the same. Now, of course, everyone's wondering, well, what's going to happen to Derek Fisher, everyone's favorite Blue Jay? (laughs) um, We've likely seen the end of the Derek Fisher era. I mean, yeah. I mean, we said that last season too, but the guy's done nothing for us to to warrant uh, giving him another shot. I, I think if they're going to keep anybody around, they should just keep Jonathan Davis. But 
that's a story from another day. But I mean, if you've got four mm-hmm. outfielders with Grichuk being your fourth, that means that one of these guys can, in theory, be a DH part time, um, depending on who's on who's pitching. They're all right-handed bats, so obviously, if you if you got a lefty on on the mound, you're not going to want Telez in there every day. So you can work one of these guys in a DH. It just offers a lot of flexibility. But also, if you can't give say say if Grichuk is the fourth outfielder, which I believe he should be. If you can't give this guy everyday ABs, he's not going to be happy. He's one of the larger contracts on the team right now. But to be fair to, to, to Randall, he's being pretty average in terms of his numbers for most of his career. Um, I mean, his, big, his big wins above replacement is 0.6, right? So, I mean, yeah, he big, showed improvement. He did show improvement. You're right. Big, big time improvement. Down. Yeah, Babip went up. His average was up forty points over the year prior. Yeah. So, but I mean, so was Ty Oscars. So I mean, it's like the fifty-five game or sixty-game max that these guys played last season. Does that sample size showcase like a career turnaround, or is it just a small sample size? Both. I don't know. Yeah, both. It's a little I bit hope. of both. <laughs> Um, just, uh, an interesting fact, uh, I'm just going to pull, uh, out of my ass here just sure. via, via Twitter, uh, Karen Blue Jays fan at Karen, uh, S O U T A R one, uh, tweeted this. I don't know how it popped in my feed, but it did, uh, with the signing of George Springer, the Blue Jays now have four of the top 25 hitters in 2020 by mm-hmm. OPS among qualified AL hitters. Yeah. Uh, Hernandez 7th with 919, Springer 10th 899, Gurriel 13th 882, Biggio 24th 807. Uh Bichette obviously does not qualify uh, otherwise he would probably be on that list as well because I believe his OPS uh was over 800 uh in the time that he played. But we like advanced statistics here. Uh George Springer um was uh, very competitive with uh, with all the other heavy hitters last year. I think he only hit 12 home runs, but uh, I think our reigning home run champ only had like 21 or 22 home runs, something like that. Yeah. So, oh, a weird year anyway. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to see the next week and a half because we have that glut of uh, offensive power in the outfield. Do yeah. you see a scenario where we keep all these guys and we just say, fuck it and and put Grichik and right and T Oscar is just permanent DH. I've got a hard time seeing that. Um, yeah. We can talk a bit about the lineup right now. So Fangrass is projecting that that Tay Oscar will be a kind of a full-time BH, but they also have Vlad Guerrero Jr. at third base. That's the caveat here. If Vlad uh, plays third base, then Rowdy draws in at first. Then we really have nobody on our bench who can play first base because you've got Right now, you've got Reese McGuire, Alejandro Kirk, Santiago Espinal, and Derek Fisher as your bench. Because he's at first base in this this scenario if if Vlad plays at third, right? Because Cavan's at at second, Bo's at short, Vlad's at third, Rowdy's at at first. Then you've got Gritchen right, Springer in, in center, and Gurriel in left field. Danny Jansen behind the plate. So... Springer's the oldest guy in the lineup too. Everyone, everyone besides Springer, the oldest player is is twenty nine with Grichuk, and everybody else is under that. So it's Springer's at thirty one, Grichuk's at twenty nine. Everybody else is younger than him. So it's uh, 
a lot of guys between that 21 and 26 year old mark. It's a, a great core to grow into. Um, a tweet here from an account on Twitter at views on the six, six being the number had a comparison between Anthony Rendon, who signed at the angels last winter and George Springer. Now they're a similar age. I think Rendon's maybe just like a, a few months younger than Springer. So Rendon going into free agency had 3,900 plate appearances, an 859 OPS, a 126 OPS plus, and 29.1 B war. So baseball reference. He signed for seven years, $245 million. Jesus. George crazy. Springer entering free agency, almost 3,600 plate appearances. So 300 and some less. An 852 OPS, seven points lower. A 131 OPS plus, five points higher. And 27.5 B war, which is 1.6 wins above replacement lower. And he signed for six years, 150. Bro, he says all that here, money. Jay's got a bargain. <laughs> yeah, all that money, and the Angels are still. And they're still wasting Mike Trout. Still struggling to be a 500 baseball team because they put all their chips into two baskets. Yeah. And or all their eggs into two baskets. Hey, look, it's just, it's looking right ridiculous. now, the, the Angels and the Jays are pretty similar. They're offense heavy with not much pitching. I would say that the Angels our pitching don't have is, Ryu. <laughs> I, our I would say that okay. our, I would say our pitch our pitching is better by at least a full letter grade. If they if we were yeah. to say that the Jays pitching overall was a C plus, <laughs> the Angels are yeah. probably a, a D plus. Um, and speaking of pitching, um, we can segue into Kirby Yates now. Yeah, we might as well. This deal almost got uh, kind of just pushed under the rug once the Springer news came through, but we signed him yesterday as well, so the same day as Springer, <laughs> and signed him to a one-year, $5.5 million deal. Now, of course, uh, Yates is coming off of off-season surgery on his right elbow. He had to remove some bone spurs. Uh, he only threw four and a third innings in 2020 before that injury shut him down. But if we look back uh, a couple of years to 2019, he closed 41 games for the Padres. He had the most saves in the big leagues that year, uh, and that was in 43 opportunities. So only a couple blown, or 44 opportunities, sorry. So only three blown ops, uh, a 119 earn run average, a 130 FIP, and a 225 XFIP for 3.4 wins above replacement from the bullpen. Struck out 0.02 short of 15 batters per nine innings while walking less than two and giving up 0.3 home runs for nine innings. This is the pitcher that Patrick Marsh has wet dreams about. <laughs> yeah, this is, if there was a an archetype that I, that I would love to have in, in, in a closing role, it's Kirby Yates. And, and that's a badass name too. I know, right? Kirby is one of the coolest Nintendo characters <laughs> of all time. Uh, and Yates is just kind of a cool last name. It all kind yeah. of it flows together, Kirby Yates. Yep. Let's talk though about what one two particular numbers that I think makes Ker, uh, Kirby Yates uh, so sensational in my eyes. The first one I want to talk about uh, is the home runs per nine. Mm -hmm. uh, his career home runs per nine is one point two eight, which is actually that's very good. Pretty strong in twenty twenty one. He his. Home runs per nine two years ago in 2019 was below one. Uh, in fact, I I can't. It look this is text is the size of an ant, but it looks like it was 0 0.30, uh, which yeah. is tremendous. Dude just doesn't give up home runs. 
No. Uh, and the other number that impresses me a lot about Kirby Yates uh, is his home runs per fly ball. Uh, it was in 2019. It was 4.8 percent. Um, yeah. He's yeah. He's moved. <laughs> it's, contact. It's phenomenal. Uh, moving into a stadium that is very much so a hitter's park is going to be an interesting challenge. Assuming the Jays play at home, right? We don't know yet. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know if open air stadium. If we're going to argue, open air stadiums are are uh, could still be hitters' parks the same way that Rogers uh, Center is. But this guy can whiff, and um, the numbers last year they're all fucky because he was hurt. So don't even yeah, bother four looking innings. At them. We can't we can't bother looking at Pete, those. Pete, Pete Kirby Yates as a closer as a closer was a two war player two years in a row. Yeah. Just a tremendous arm. I don't know if he's the guy we want to close. Maybe it's still Jordan Romano. Maybe there's somebody else we're waiting in the wings to sign who could play that role. But I like <laughs> I like that Yates. Yates is a very shrewd signing because it's only five point five million guaranteed. It's a show uh, me deal. Point, yeah, it's four point five million incentives. If he can pitch in seventy games, which he might. Mm-hmm. 35 games he gets 8.5 he gets up to 8.5 million so he, he's going to get into 35 games um this is a great deal for someone who was a, a very strong reliever for the padres just before they you know bust good. out yeah. yeah and even then like if you look if just look at all his numbers in 2018 2019 like that's the kirby eights we're going to be getting it's not going to be the 2020 messed up one uh and it's it's probably not going to be the 2017 version either this guy this guy is going to be a big part of the pen and i would say that it brings our pen up from probably a d plus to like to a c plus just from him alone but anytime you can get a back-end reliever right you're you're going to be jumping up that grade dramatically absolutely worst case scenario um he's our closer and he's a hell of a closer Best case scenario, he is our eighth inning guy because we have someone even better for the ninth. Well, think um, about it. We've we've still got Romano and, and even Raphael Dovis looked really good in the closers role last yeah, year. There's too, still so. time. There's still time yeah. to sign uh, other guys. Um, I know Anthony Bass is no longer with the team, but there's still potential for him to fall in to uh, to short term plans. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. it just depends on what the plans are for the bullpen. It, there's quite a logjam of mid twenty year old pitchers that we have who yeah. probably aren't going to pan out as starters. Mm-hmm. So it's up to them all to sort of fight to get their get their chance at uh, a relief role. And a lot of them will earn it. Uh, Ryan Barucki probably is the only one that I can think of offhand, aside from Romano and Dolis who are. Sure shots. Um, I saw a thing online. I don't know what you'll make of this. Possibly Shun Yamaguchi getting bought out. Did you oh, see I that? Have, I haven't seen that, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see it's that. He messed up because <laughs> Sagano didn't sign with us because he didn't want to compete with Yamaguchi yeah. for a starting a starter <laughs> position. So he went back to Japan for two years. Joke's on you, Sagano. He wasn't going to start anyway. Yeah, and Yamaguchi may or may not get bought out here. Yeah. And end up back with the Omiri Giants. Um, 
in a matter of days, weeks. Right. It's pretty crazy, but I mean, we still got one more signing we should talk about. Yeah, let's low let's impact, spend some but, time on yeah. on Tyler Chatwood. Um, a three million dollar deal for this season. He's been a guy who, in his career, yeah. has kind of flip flop between starting and relief. Um, definitely see him considered as like mid to long relief, maybe an opener option. Uh, yeah. pretty much a depth signing. I mean, Fangraphs has him slotted into a mid relief spot in our bullpen. Uh, alongside guys like Meriwether, Barucki, and Anthony Kay, and the other mid-relief guys. Just for notes, they do have um, Dolis in the seventh inning, Romano in the eighth, and Yates in the ninth inning role. But I mean, I think any of those three guys can be like a closer by committee. Then they have Yamaguchi as the long reliever for now. Um, yeah, Chatwood's a depth signing. I mean, I don't think we can say too much about him. He's a, like a very, 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 very average pitcher. He kind of does some good things and and doesn't do something. He doesn't strike out a lot. Walks an average amount of batters. Like he's just a pure vanilla guy. He is he's the twenty twenty one version of Ryan Tapera. But <laughs> you need you do you need guys like you need that. those you guys need, on, yep. on your team. You need to have you need to have depth. Um, I don't think he's gonna you know see meaningful relief time. He's not gonna see a lot of ninth inning. Uh, save opportunities, but he is here. You know, it's a very low risk, high reward possibility because he did have some good years um, not too, too long ago. So I think Chatwood, he, he doesn't represent like the last of the moves. I still think there's at least two, at least two to three more signings left to be done, Mm -hmm. which is exciting. Um, And maybe some trades. Yeah. So I mean, and Chatwood, if he represents the uh, the worst the bullpen has to offer, you know that's a pretty strong bullpen. Yep. Um, let's get into some rumors now. <laughs> this one's been put to rest, but uh, people had been tweeting like late late this morning that Michael Brantley had agreed to terms on a three year deal with the Jays late last mm-hmm. night, kind of after the Springer news broke. Uh, even our our uh, Blue Jays beat reporter hazel may had even tweeted out about it and unfortunately for hazel and everybody else those reports were wrong uh brantley has re-signed with houston two-year deal 32 million dollars pending a physical um i think probably once springer signed elsewhere the astros probably realized that they had to bring back somebody and brantley has been there so they probably thought they should pony up some cash for him if they want to stay competitive and keep their outfield in reasonably good shape uh, it would have been fun to add another wrinkle to the outfield situation. Of course, Brantley would have been a left-handed bat, uh, but he's also a career left fielder who can play some center field. So it would have led to either a Grichik or Guriel being traded, maybe a Teoscar being traded and having some crazy situations where guys are playing DH or center field one day, right field the next. Um, would have been fun to see Brantley. He He's tore it up in his career against the Jays. I think he has almost a 400 average at Rogers Center specifically. So it's always yeah. fun to get those guys who just tee off in the dome uh, on your team for 81 home games, hopefully at home. Um, but yeah, what did you think of that, Patrick? Were you kind of shocked that there is even like a, the possibility of another outfielder? <laughs> It did seem a little bit like overkill. Uh, the <laughs> stuff that I've seen on Twitter indicated that um, the teams weren't, the team and the player weren't too close yeah. to a deal. No, for sure, <laughs> it was more than just 
kicking tires. It yeah. was definitely uh definitely there was mutual interest. It's just that I think Brantley was probably our backup. Yeah, he was the Springer didn't pan out. The number two behind Springer for us for sure in the outfield. Yeah, I think if if we wouldn't have seen Springer, we would have saw Brantley. No question. But with Brant the, the interesting thing with Brantley and this is a question for for you Justin. Why do you think that Houston declined a qualifying offer but then went ahead and signed him anyway? It was an opportunity for them to either sign him or get a compensatory pick. Yeah. Is that how you say it? compensatory? Yeah, compensatory. Um, a compensatory pick or they have, you know, they lose out on him and he just get goes nothing. he just goes away so like why not lock in the qualifying offer? Yeah. I know people were baffled when they when they didn't qualifying offer him at the beginning of free agency. And that's a great question. And honestly, uh, I, I think that's a big oopsie on the part of the Astros. I think they're lucky to get him back. They must have been really confident that they're going to get one of Springer or Brantley back. Obviously, I think his qualifying offer would have been like, what, 18 and a half million or something like that. I think it's a little bit more than what they end up signing him for. Um, so they ended up saving themselves a couple million <laughs> per season. Good for them. But uh, they they must have been real confident that they were getting one of these two guys back. And as soon as Springer didn't sign, then they probably just said, okay, Michael, here's your deal. Um, take it or, or leave it kind of thing. And he obviously took it because it's a, it's a good contract, $16 million per. That's nothing to, nothing to cry about. It's still, still a weird move to me. Yeah, still, super strange. It's, it's an oopsie, but... I yeah. don't know. Like, let's let's move on either way. <laughs> For sure. Um, the other rumor that I wanted to talk about is uh, Brad Hand. Um, apparently, the Jays mm-hmm. have made an offer for him. I know you've been uh, after this guy all season, all off season. If it wasn't Liam Hendricks, you were after Brad Hand. Obviously, Hendricks went to Chicago, the Sox. So he's on the south side, um, yeah. or is it the north side? I don't even know what side they're on. It's but anyways, south, south, south side. South. Yeah, it's that's south. what I thought. But uh, so so Hendricks went to the White Sox. So uh, Brad Hand is the de facto number one available relief pitcher right now. Uh, obviously a, a high quality talent, and and you have him as like your your number one priority right now. Yep, because he's a lefty, and because I think he just has such a tremendous upside that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. I just I I want to lock him down. And he's the fact that he's still available today. I feel like the longer this gets dragged out, the more likely it is he he would sign with uh, the Blue Jays because they're the one team that's it's they're building up all this momentum. Yeah. Hypothetical and, question for you. Okay. Say they sign Brad Hand. That makes him a lefty. Baraki's a lefty. Does that mean Anthony Kay goes back to Buffalo as a starting pitcher? No. No, I think you keep Anthony Kane in the bullpen and you roll with three lefties. It's weird, really? but look at our rotation uh, as of right now. Even Let's say hypothetically we sign one more pitcher and I'd say it's a high percentage chance it's going to be uh, Taiwan Walker or another righty. Cause I don't Maybe think Matt Shoemaker. Any... Yeah. Um, we're, it's looking like the rotation is going to have at least three righties, if not four because I don't know if I don't know if the if we really want to put the faith uh, 
the the faith in um, what's his name? Jesus. The Bobby Lord Ray. Jesus. Yeah, um, because he has just such a uh, a super high walk rate. Yeah. So I, it's got to <laughs> be our rotation's scary right now. Not not a good scary. Yeah, it's the rotation right now is what keeps us from being a super serious contender. I think uh, it keeps I, us from being the best team in the in the American League, not just the division. Like if we had if we had three quality starters, but we've got Hunjin Ryu right now. And that's really it for like proven guys. I, like Nate Pearson well, could be good, but I mean again, he just he has he has less than thirty innings of professional experience above double A. So I got a hot take for you. The only reason I think Nate Pearson pitched at all last year was because the alternative was him not getting to face not getting to pitch at high all. quality competition. Yeah. yeah, it was it was one or the other, and the fact that he chose to, uh, or they the, the the team management chose to play him even though he clearly was not ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it shows there's a lot of faith there. Nate yeah. is still one of the top-rated prospects in He's baseball. He's a top-rated right-handed pitching prospect in baseball. Uh, yeah, and deservedly so. I think he's a player who's got a 60 to 70-grade to fastball. 80-grade fastball. Is, <laughs> does he have an 80-grade fastball? It's an 80-grade fastball, yeah. Holy shit. All right, well, um, <laughs> I remain uh, on the same track that I was two minutes ago. What I'll say is that uh, he has an elite fastball. Um, he has, you know, decent second and third pitches. He's got to work on them. He's got to get that filthy stuff working, though, because he can't just throw fireballs all the time. Uh, it does kind of work to some extent if you're Noah Syndergaard, but Syndergaard has great second and third pitches. And I think that's what Nate needs to do is he, he, he needs some time working on that stuff. And I don't know what he's done during the off season, but he's no doubt worked with Pete Walker uh, all through uh, fall, winter, and will work with him through spring. Yeah. So it remains to be seen if he does end up in the rotation. I know a lot of people probably be upset if he's not, but listen, you got to take it for what it is. Um, It was a very rough season. He didn't look ready. Um, He hasn't faced another batter since he didn't look ready. Yeah. So, I don't know if too much has changed, but then other than that, your rotation looks like what? Hwanjin Ryu, who is, you know, an ace is ace. He's an ace. Um, Robbie Ray, who walks almost as many guys as he strikes out. Uh, Tanner Rourke, who had an absolutely brutal, worst possible season. Worse than Shelby Miller's 2019. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's just bad. Yeah. Oh, brutal, say brutal no more. season. Uh, and then. And Ross Stripling. Yeah. Uh, and chicken strips, who I like as a uh, an opener, a swingman, yeah, or three four or three four five guy, yeah. And then you've got like a Merriweather doing a couple innings, maybe Anthony the, Kay. There, the fact is, there's enough starting pitching depth on this team that you can frig around with your rotation a lot, yeah. Keep people guessing, do random spot starts to throw things off. The only thing that's for sure right now, today, as of seven twenty eight p.m. Atlantic Standard Time is that our number one pitcher is going to pitch every five days. Yeah. It's um, not going to be every six days. It's going to be every five days for sure because you need him to be MVP level good in order for us to contend. After that, 
Yeah. You're looking at a it's a dime a dozen pitchers. Nobody has figured it out yet. And we need that stabilizing force in the rotation. Otherwise, 500 is probably what we're looking at, which is sad. I but would 100% me, agree with you. I want to get back to Brad Hand, though. Uh, Brad Hand is... Because he's a lefty, but he's also a lefty who limits walks and is an absolute flamethrower. Yeah. He strikes out somewhere between 11 and 13 guys per nine innings, which is terrific. Home runs per nine uh, floats in and around one, and it has uh, since he broke into the league uh, after uh, one appearance in 2012. Ever since then, his home runs per nine have been one or lower, uh, like 1.02 or lower, I should I should say. Uh, he did not concede a home run last year in 2020, which it, it's it's wild to even say that because he appeared in 23 games and had 16 saves, uh, did not give up a home run. Um, he's not a ground ball pitcher. He's a fly ball or strike him out brutally kind of guy. He's one of those three outcome kind of kind of guys. He's, he's not going give, to give up bloop singles and things like that. And that's a little bit different than other relievers that we have on our roster. He's kind yeah. of an all or nothing guy. And he usually gives you, he gives batters nothing to work with. So I'm really excited. He, honestly, I don't know if he won an award last year uh, uh, as a reliever, uh, but he, he was probably following up Shane Bieber in a lot of starts. Probably why he his numbers look so good was because Bieber destroyed last <laughs> Everyone. year's starter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, Brad Hand following it up—that's a spicy, spicy combo. So For sure. I'd like to—I'd like to see the Jays be able to do the same with with Ryu and Hand. It remains to be seen. A lefty reliever though, who could throw like that? Who doesn't want him? He should be. This guy should be coveting uh, fifteen million dollar per year deals with everybody. And that's maybe what he's holding out for, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So probably number one, obviously we were hoping to either sign Brad a hand or else trade for another, another bullpen arm for me. Probably number one is starting pitching, man. I, I look at the yeah. rest of our team and you look at the, the starting lineup in a, in a vacuum or at the bullpen, a vacuum. And I can say it's a playoff team. You look at the rotation and we are a third place team in our division. It doesn't matter if you score 10 runs a game. Your offense isn't going to do that every game. Even if you score five runs a game, your pitching has to be able to limit the other team to less than five. And I don't think our pitching staff on the starting end can do that, at least not consistently. Outside of Hunjin Ryu, I think the only other guy who's capable of, of potentially giving up less than five runs all the time is Robbie Ray over a full season. Because I think Nate Pearson still doesn't have the endurance or the arm strength or whatever it is to pitch a full year. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Rowork and Stripling. And I, I still think Stripling, if if we sign somebody, he's going to move in back into that bullpen role. He's at the bottom of the rotation. Rowork's going to start for us unless we sign like three people and can somehow work him into a trade, which I don't know anybody in their right mind, any general managers out there who are going to trade for Tanner Rowork. But there are some interesting names, and you highlighted a few guys here in our in our sheets. We've got uh, the Tigers, Spencer Turnbull, the Mariners, Marco Gonzalez, 
uh, Jermaine Marquez from the Rockies, Jameson Talon from the Pirates, and Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins. Now out of those guys, guys oh, hold on, go ahead. Yeah, I, I say out of all these guys, I think I'm the most positive about either Marco Gonzalez from the Mariners or Alcantara from the Marlins, both because I've had the shares of them in Dynasty Leagues for a while uh, and because they, they do have um, pretty good whip numbers. And, and again, Gonzalez is a lefty who I, I'm, I'm, I think we can never have too many lefties in the rotation. Here's the thing, though, with these guys. Um, when I made this list, the implication of the list is that these are all guys who are under contract. They have already. to be traded for. Yeah. They're going to have to be traded for. And most of them are going to command a very large price because they are, in fact, the aces of all of these teams. It's and a good thing we have prospect capital. Yes. Uh, it does not behoove a team like Colorado or Miami necessarily to trade Marquez or uh, Alcantara. Uh, Alcantara, uh, respectively, because they're only 25 years old and they still have years of control and you don't really want to give up an ace who is that young yeah. if you think your team can still contend. Colorado, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do with their situation, um, where they're going to invest their money. The Jays just go at... trade for Nolan Arenado. Let's What's make that? The, offensive... the Jays just go trade for Nolan Arenado and make the offense even more complicated. Why not? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I'm all, we, um, we already have to deal with the fact that we can have, Randall like, Grichuk pitch. No, no, damn. I could say very comfortably. He, he, <laughs> he cannot, uh, getting back to it though. Um, out of all these guys, the guy I'm, if it realistically, if we're going to be making a deal for, for a player, one of these pitchers that we've highlighted, it's going to be somebody who has years of control. So I'm looking at either Marquez or, Alcantara, mm -hmm. uh, Jamison Talon is, I think this is he's his last year of arbitration. Old. Yeah, he's already twenty nine too, which is a thing. Um, but he's probably the best of the bunch. Um, or, or has yes. a better. He's a more proven track record I would compared say to everybody so. else. Yeah, I would say you're correct. I would target Alcantara, and I hate to say this because I love Lord Esguriel Jr. Always and forever. But if we were going to pull the trigger on a big deal like that, it's not going to be Grichik who gets dealt. It's going to be the player who has the highest value, and it's going to be something along the lines of Guriel and uh, Jordan Groshans. Perhaps, yeah. I would Sandy think, I think if anybody out of our offense moves, it's going to be Grichik or Kevin Biggio, in all honesty. I don't want to see Biggio go because I bought his jersey last year, but uh, that's the curse of buying a jersey, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, okay. here's the, the interesting thing. Day's hole. <laughs> so it's the, the thing with Alcantara is he's probably the guy who has the highest value out of all of the ones we mentioned because he's 25. Uh, he's only on like base salary yeah. by 75 grand, which is more than any of us will ever make in a year. Uh, <laughs> and then 2022 is the start of his arbitration years. So still three more years of control so after this one. Yeah. Miami could, you know, they could do it. They could flip him and get to get like a dearth of prospects. And then all of a sudden we have uh, a, a number one moving into a number two role, but Alcantara would become the one after Ryu's uh, contract is done or if he's not extended, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So rocking a rotation with Sandy Alcantara, a young and ready Nate Pearson, uh, Ryu on the back end of his career. Uh, and then, you know, we still have guys like Alec Manoa, King Clough, Adam Kloffenstein. 
uh, and uh, Simeon Woods Richardson waiting in the wings. Yeah, there's there's help on the way for the pitching staff. I think as long as there is a a decently full minor league season this year, a lot of these young guys for the Jays are going to be pushing either into September call up positions or into opening day spots next year. I can see Alec Manoa being a a season uh in the rotation at the start of the next season at the latest. I think he's a guy who advances quickly and we can talk about him again. We're kind of running long here, but uh, we can talk about well, him in, in the next episode or something, but he's a guy who has college experience and therefore will will rocket through the system a lot faster. I'd say we're probably about three weeks away from being able to talk about pitchers oh, reporting and, and what things Let's will go. look like. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. I mean, today's been a great day because we, we saw the signing uh, and also uh, a brand new president uh, in the United States. It feels like the clouds are starting to part and the sun will shine in us all again. But we have to be patient. It's been a very long off season. But we got our guy. We got George Springer. And I, before we get into Springer, because there is one more thing I want to say about him. Let's talk about that, the alternatives for Brad Hand, because realistically, the Jays have been shooting their shot at a ton of players, and I don't know if, if Brad Hand uh, necessarily signs with us. So I went digging around to see if there was anybody uh, who we might want to wrest uh, control from on teams that don't look like they're going to compete anytime soon. So my suggestions are... Brian Garcia from Detroit, uh, Richard Rodriguez in Pittsburgh, and Yemi Garcia in Miami. All three of these guys are going to command a bit of a price. Probably Garcia is probably the one who would come with the least cost, but he is also the guy who I think probably has a better proven track record. So, He's also the youngest by five years, too, out of the three. Uh, who? Garcia. Oh, right. I was talking about Yimmy is probably the one who will be cheapest. Oh, Brian, there's two Garcias, yeah. <laughs> I know, that was confusing. That's my fault. Uh, Brian is probably the guy who will cost the most yeah. because he is the youngest and because he had the most effective um, previous uh, season. Um, but that being said, either one of these guys would be a great addition to the pen, and I don't think they would be at a devastating cost. You could probably go one for one, Grichuk, uh, and then question mark cash something for one of these guys um you maybe you don't trade Grichik to detroit maybe it's probably pittsburgh or miami we're more likely to deal with because they're in a different league and we're not likely to, to face them a lot and i think mm-hmm. the the jays have dealt with both teams in the past correct more more recently at the very least, then I can think of with Detroit. The last time we dealt with Detroit, it was the acquisition David price. For... Yeah. No, uh, it was uh, Drew. No, it was was it Drew Hutchinson? I thought Hutchinson went to Kansas City, but no. But we dealt we dealt to get oh. him, didn't we? For Matthew Maybe. Boyd. Oh yeah, that might be it. Yeah. Or something like that. Or also Devin Travis came from Detroit as well. That's true too. Um, I digress. So what I'm saying is that I. It seems more likely an NL team we would rest control of a uh, a reliever from an NL team, but but um, do you want to talk about the last thing 
with George Springer? Go ahead. <laughs> you seem to want to talk about it. I'm <laughs> kind of done with it. I do. Okay. Today. Yeah. Look, it's okay. I'll just say this because we're running long. With regards to George Springer, it is 100% totally fine for Toronto Blue Jays fans to have mixed feelings about the signing. Is George Springer an elite baseball player? Yes. Did George Springer cheat with the Houston Astros? Yes. Um, do they not deserve their ring? Yes, they don't deserve it. They, it should be taken away. Um, it, it's okay for you to be up mad at George Springer for, for cheating at, as well as the Houston Astros for cheating. And it's also okay for you to be happy that the Jays signed him because he's still a good baseball player. 2021 is an opportunity for George Springer to move on from the stigma that followed him in Houston. Um, what he did will never be okay in my books. And it's okay for anyone else to feel that way too. Um, you don't even have to cheer for him individually. But cheer for the Blue Jays because if you're listening to this, they're probably still your team and you probably still love them. Um, sometimes players we don't like get signed by our favorite team. And maybe it's an opportunity to shift your perspective, uh, or maybe it's your opportunity to double down on how you feel. I don't know. It's up to every individual to decide, um, but it's okay for you to feel whatever way you want to feel about George Springer. Uh, and that's, I think that's all there is that needs to be said about it. I would agree. Yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, that's a wrap on this episode 107 of Batflips and Maple Dips. Uh, remember to Ooh. find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Listen to us, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, and so many more providers as well, too. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you don't agree with us, let us know. Send us some questions. If you love us, leave us a review. Or if you hate us, leave us a review, too. Help us get better. Uh, always looking for fan questions to answer. Uh, if you've got something that you want us to talk about or a hypothetical scenario that you want us to run by, we love those. Let us know. Shoot us a DM on Twitter. They are open to you. But for uh, Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, Nova Scotia, it's Justin Anderson in Windy, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, saying see you next time.